Sony CEO talks some trash and loses some credibility while doing it. GameStop sets themselves up for failure, and DICE prepares console gamers for their reality of Battlefield 3. All that plus more on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. This is Mashcast number five. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with the magnanimous Rob Hill Williams. Oh gosh, you always come up with these good names. I like that. Uh, thank you, thank you. I try. But um, yeah, today it's uh, just me and Rob. You know, two is the loneliest number. Deal <laughs> <laughs> today. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, me and Rob. Dynamic duo. You know, Batman and Robin. Green Hornet and Kato, Lone Ranger and Tonto, Shell and Companion Cube. <laughs> <laughs> but you we get the point. Can. Yeah. Can, <laughs> yeah, but uh, before we get today's show started, I wanted to give a shout out to Chris Gihan from Hyperduck Studios, or Hyperduck Soundworks, I should oh, say. So you don't mess up a studio. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Hyperduck Soundworks. Sorry about that. Um,. I meant to do this last week. As you guys might have noticed, we have a new awesome theme song. And that is because of Chris. Um, went to Chris uh, a little bit before PAX and asked him if he was interested in doing the theme song for us. He said yes. Really cool guy to work with. I mean, the whole time he's very flexible. Um, you know, I was kind of expecting for him to have an idea of what he wanted to do uh, once I told him what we were looking for and then he'd do it. But he was like, he was very flexible with the type of the type of different sounds that we wanted, you know, to make it sound perfect. I I thought the end result was perfect for what we were trying to do. What what did you think, Rob? And it did sound perfect. I was just about to say that. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Thank the theme, you. Yeah, I mean the theme song is perfect, and if if you disagree with that, then uh, uh, you can get the hell out. But um, yeah, it was a uh, he was a really cool guy to work with. And if you're looking for some music to get done, like if you're a game dev, or maybe another person who's doing the podcast, I would definitely, definitely check out Chris uh, from Hyperduck. Well, Hyperduck, you know, Soundworks in general, because they, they've done lots of awesome games. Um, Ares, the music from Ares was them. Bite Jacker, you know, plus more. But I guess those are two of the more recent ones. Uh, the Blocks Cometh, too, if you have an iOS device. But really cool guy. Big shout out to him for getting that theme song done and making it perfect. Actually, there was um, one of the prototypes he made up. It didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't pick that one because it really didn't flow with the podcast. But it sounded so awesome. I'm like sitting there thinking, like, I need to make a podcast so I can make this the theme music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so we ended up doing that. 
Yeah. <laughs> which you'll see in the future. Yeah, yeah. We got we got something cooking up and, you know, it may not use that theme music, but that's kind of where my ideas started to spur from <laughs> this uh, this song that he uh well this theme song that he made up that we didn't use. Um but yeah, let's let's do our normal thing. Rob, what have you been playing? Uh lately, let's see. It was uh I we finally got the the PC, the new PC in the house. So, um Good times have been abound with me getting back on my PC gaming. So Team Fortress 2, Left 4 Dead 2, um, been playing Magicka again. And aside from that, console-wise, not a whole lot because I've been spending so much time on PC. Um, but I did mess around with... Uh, wow, see, that's how much time I've been spending on PC. I don't even remember. So it doesn't matter. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, see, that's what happens. They talk trash about the PC, and then they get their hands on it. Can't stop don't touching talk it. trash about the PC. I've already said I'm a lazy person. So <laughs> it is con- extra convenient for me to come home, put a game in, know it's going to work, and just sit back on a couch and play something, rather than have to, you know, go through the PC stuff. Why I can't you, why can't you sit time. back in your chair? Why can't you just, I sit back in my chair, and I own noobs on PC. All because my chair is not that comfortable to sit back in. I have to get myself a nice, comfortable armchair to lean back in to play PC games. So As yeah. of right now, I have a, a nice, comfortable wooden chair <laughs> I sit in for my PC See, gaming. That sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, that's it all I'm is. saying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so for me, I've actually I haven't been playing too much. Uh, three games in particular. Um, I did play a little StarCraft, but not that much. Um, I do. Uh, let me say this for a second. I do not like the new one match well, when they do the uh, the yeah. ranking system. Jason yeah, the one. Yeah, the one match. Um, you know, placement. Because this is what happened. My first match I'm getting in, right, for my placement. This is 2v2 random. We get in the match. 20 seconds into the match, my partner drops. Two minutes later, I get rushed. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what am I supposed to do about that? I mean, take the placement matches down to three. One placement match? Now I, I sat at the at like the very bottom of bronze, and then I was bored out of my mind climbing out of it because I got, I got out of bronze, but still, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to play those matches just to get out, and that's that's really not fun. Like clobbering people is, that's just not my style, Rob. I I understand. I can totally see that. I haven't. I really haven't gone back to playing uh, TF or God Star- Starcraft too since. Yeah. Uh, since it came out, unfortunately, is is really I know that's you know somewhat terrible to say, but I just haven't I, would, I can't even tell you why honestly, and just haven't really had an interest in playing it that much. Well, if so. you I like to st- call it Star Crack because once you start <laughs> playing, you really can't stop. It's a shame. Like if I know I have something to do, I won't even look at it. I don't even look at the icon <laughs> because I know I will start playing it and not stop. Um, but besides that, because I only played that a little bit, I did play, um, I've been playing Crisis to beat it because I wanted to play Crisis 2, and it made me realize one thing, Crisis as a game is not that great, it's very mediocre, I mean, it looks phenomenal, but it's just, But that was all that it had going for it, so. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, you know, mediocre, um... I will tell you you that struggling your way through that mediocre game will get you Crisis 2, which is leaps and bounds better. Okay. Well, I'll believe it. it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, other than that, I've been playing Vampire, um, the the dishwasher Vampire Smiles. 
awesome game, guys. Awesome game. One of the one of the most visually intense games I've ever played. Did you play it, Rob? Only at PAX. Oh, only at PAX. Are you eating something? It's okay. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I was like, he's going to keep talking long enough for me to get this in. <laughs> I kind of heard, yeah, I kind of kind of heard that at the last second um <laughs> but um, i was like oh why do you have to ask me a question about this <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so it's um well you played it at, at pax it's very like visually intense like this blood and gore and the weapons and like the way the screen shakes and goes out of yeah, focus there's effects and... there's craziness i yeah. yeah i only played co-op and i really liked it but it, the game was also very hard too um, but yeah, it's got a, a lot going on yeah. at any given time. Like at first, when I started playing it, I was like, I have no idea what the hell's happening. <laughs> yeah. And like when I played as the prisoner, like the way she shrieks when she does some of her, like when she does some of her kills, I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was like it's, it was really intense. It's an intense game. Yeah, it's it's intense. They did a great job. So great job, SKA or I don't know if it's SKA Studios or is it just Scott Scott Scott, Scott Studios. Okay, so great job, guys. Um, I played Yara's Revenge too, and the funny thing about Yara's Revenge, um, did you play it at all, Rob? No. Yara's Revenge is a remake of an Atari game. When you remake an Atari game and you bring it into HD, you could just call it something else because it looks nothing like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It looks nothing like the original Yara's Revenge. Why, why do that, really? I yeah, know. I mean it's fun, uh, and it made me realize that I suck at on rail shooters, <laughs> but it, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks nothing like the original Yars Revenge. Because they're trying to get people to buy it because it's they put Yars Revenge on it. They're like, oh man, I remember that when I was a kid. You know, yeah. and that's that's all they're trying to get out of it. That's like you the same. They, they play it and they're like, hey, this is different. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the same thing they did with the Karate it's Kid movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's what that's one thing that pissed me off about the Karate Kid movie is like they just made it that name to get people to come because they don't even do karate in that movie. That just bothered me. I had to say something about it. I'm glad you're here to talk about it with. Yeah. I'm <laughs> moral support for you. <laughs> All right. Sadnesses. Yeah, no. What would I do without the mash those buttons mash cast? Um, so, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into the articles. Let's get into some news. Things that have been happening over the last two weeks. Talk about what we're actually here for. It's crazy talk. Let's talk about the credit get some more. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> Uh, put him in the body bag, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're having too much fun by ourselves. We are. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is why we do that third person to balance yeah. us out. Yeah, we need like long hair to talk about porn, you know? Because <laughs> he's the one that talks about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, his name articles. inspires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the articles. Um, first up, Sony is uh, saying that uh, PlayStation tablet will be out later this year. Um, I guess that's cool. <laughs> My it's biggest cool if it actually comes out this year. I mean, it's cool if it comes out later, too. But, I mean, you know, you don't really have to tell us it's coming out this year. Just, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, my thing <laughs> is... My big, my thing is... The thing, like, the, thing I, the thing that made me excited about the Xperia... I shouldn't even say excited about the Xperia Play, but that kind of made me like the Xperia Play was that it has a gamepad, like a real gamepad that you can use to play real games. You have a PlayStation Start Out with 5 tablet, 
unless that like you have something that slides out of the back that's comfortable, you know, that has a gamepad, it's just going to be like another iPad. The only thing I can say to that, though, is if it has Bluetooth support, it can use the controller. That would be kind of cool. Oh, snap. See, you are yeah. absolutely correct, yeah. Headset, controller, and then you can you can do whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's still going to be limited in some fashion, but uh, it's there. The possibility is there because PlayStation supports Bluetooth already. Mm, this is true. See? Changed your mind already. <laughs> no, no, didn't, didn't change my mind. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, because hmm, I, I know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's going to suck. It's not going to... And I was like, wait a minute, it's PlayStation. They support Bluetooth. It could, they could just... You could just use a controller. How... Because, I mean, how many of the other things are interlinkable already, really? It would make perfect sense for it to be Bluetooth ready to support the controller. Yeah, they are kind of the masters at that, so... Okay. Um, well, so a couple of specs they gave. starting with PS1 anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a couple of specs they gave. It's going to be 9.4 uh, inches, uh, 1280 by 800 resolution. Tegra 2 processor. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tegra 2 chipset. I'm not sure if I've talked about it on the podcast before or not, but nope. I, when I went to PAX, and PAX 2010, not 2011, but 2010, NVIDIA was showing off some Tegra 2 devices. And you know, Zoom HDs rendering, uh, you know, full 1080p movies at full frames, no distortion on 50-inch, you know, LED televisions because of the Tegra 2 chipset. And also I saw Unreal Tournament 3 played at 60 frames per second on a Tegra 2 tablet. So I'm a huge fan of Tegra 2, so that's good. Uh, Let's see. And it has USB ports, so you can't really go wrong with that. Uh, IR IR uh, port so you can control other devices. Uh, most important thing being the price, and it looks like the Wi-Fi only version is going to be about six hundred bucks. I'm assuming if there's a 3G version, it's going to be like seven eight hundred bucks. That's kind of standard fare. Yeah. So you know, and that's the thing. Like me personally, I, I would never pay for 3G on a tablet, mainly because I, I don't know. I I don't re- me personally, I don't think I really use a tablet all that much. Yeah, it's not like your cell phone. You're not always going to be using. I mean, like it's nice to have that option, but for the price difference, I would just you know most of the time when I'm going to be using it, it's going to be somewhere where I have Wi-Fi, really. So exactly. Blah. So we blah to your eight hundred dollar three G, sir. <laughs> All right. So um, while we're on the topic of Sony tech, the Sony CEO. He was uh he was he was kicking a little dirt. Talking well, he, was, he took off the kid gloves, you know. They they took off those giant balloon gloves and he was talking some smack. Yeah, the uh he's talking about the need for cutting edge tech and that uh Microsoft and Nintendo were falling behind. Um he started off by saying that if you're gonna sustain you know technology for a decade you have to be cutting edge from you know the launch point. Which he's right. You know, you do have to be cutting edge. Like, you can't put out a mid-grade, you know, console. Oi, oi. <laughs> and expect it to last for 10 years. Even though, in Nintendo's defense, they did not, they, their plan was not for the Wii to last for 10 years. That's true. That's you know, true. be honest with you. It's just to be different. And right. That, that, was, that was their only real plan, and it worked, I guess, as far as I'm concerned. So. I think so. Well, see, I'll be honest with you, I don't even think Sony, uh, not Sony, uh, Microsoft, 
plan to have the 360 last for 10 years. Oh, no, that was that was a belated type of thing because people didn't jump on the next generation as fast as they thought it would. And on top of that, everybody else was like, well, we could go 10 years because it makes more sense because people aren't going to jump for a new system yet. But they were talking about, you know, Microsoft and, and Nintendo having out, you know, or at least unveiling new versions of their console like last year. And that would have been like people would have been like, okay, well, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to be talking like it's probably somewhere in the seven to a thousand dollar range of people are going to play it. They're not going to pay that yet. Not not after they just bought a 360 or a PS3 or whatever. Yeah. Some people buying their fifth 360. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is a totally different story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, basically, uh, he said that the, the Microsoft and Nintendo consoles are running out of steam. Um, and he says, and I quote, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Why would I buy a gaming system without a hard drive in it? Nintendo. Yeah. He's, he, <laughs> definitely he's a hey, Nintendo. Uh, and then he, I think the thing that kind of stung the most here for me is that motion gaming is cute, but if I can only wave my arm six inches, <laughs> you know, how does this really feel like I'm doing true accurate motion gaming? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the part where he says things. motion gaming is cute. And I wonder if he put like, you know, quotations on that. <laughs> he probably did when he said it. As uh, he was talking. <laughs> I don't know if Jack Trenton would have. Yeah, like, you know. That's he was definitely um he was getting at him says that the Nintendo handhelds are great babysitting tools. Um, that is something that I really don't agree uh, oh, with. Yeah, that was the only thing that like in that set that I was like, eh, like it's it's nice that he's taking off the kid gloves and it's and it's cool that he's trying to be funny but like be snarky at the same time, but. Really, like, there's tons of people over 20. In fact, in the comments, somebody was like, you know, I'm sitting, or actually, no, the guy in the article said that, you know, I'm over 20, I'm sitting on a plane playing Pokemon. And it's like, yeah, that's that's about right, actually. So that that doesn't really hold much water considering how much the DS sold and, and how, like, how many people have it. It's got to be more than just kids, you know, and we've seen that all the time. It's not just kids that have the DS. Exactly. I mean, Maybe if the PSP was actually neck and neck with the DS, that'd be one thing. But Nintendo's been the handheld, undisputed champion for over for, since the beginning of the handheld market. Yeah, they, they've been like <laughs> yeah. Muhammad Ali just standing over people. <laughs> exactly, like they, like you. That's that statement should have just stayed in his pocket. You know. Yeah, it was a nice idea. Yeah, <laughs> that statement. They, whoever wrote him that note, you know, his speechwriter, he, he's fired. <laughs> but um, the rest of that, you know, I mean, he's got a point. I mean, even though at this point, when you look at like the PS3 and the 360, their games look a lot alike. Um, if the 360 doesn't look better, you know. Right. However, Sony has a tendency of of hiding features until later. You know, oh, yeah. until like a later yeah. time. Yeah. So, who knows what they have locked on the PS3, and then when they're ready to unlock it, it could be, it might be the greatest console of all time. Probably <laughs> because they they intend for it to last ten years, so they yeah. you know they hide some stuff, they you know they tuck some things away, and then they they unleash them or they let first party at them first, and then later on it's like holy crap, like this thing still got something left in it. You know, it happened with the PS2. Happened with the PSP. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, they, if they could get a jump over Microsoft 
if they had 1080p games at 60 frames per second, because most uh, 360 games that play at 1080p may be able to hit 30 frames per second. You know what I'm saying? They like a lot of them dip below 30 frames per second, depending on what's happening. Right. So we just have to see, but uh, I don't know what caused him to go on this. Uh, you know, to they start do that every once smack in a while, talk. Though. They they do that. They did that with like a lot of the Kevin Butler commercials, especially when like say like the the move was coming out. They made a lot of references to Nintendo and things of that nature. I mean, they Sony does that. Like they're not they're not too over the top with like going after like other you know the other big two or out of the big three the other two, but they they're not afraid to do it either like they 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 will come out and say something and you're like oh they they actually said that <laughs> yeah they actually go, going all the way back and to the old the time it's true unless you're talking about the ds and then most of the time it's like eh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah you're the nice you're the next best second place but your second place is pretty far behind the ds but, yeah uh, and the thing is i actually prefer my psp to my ds a lot yeah. Me too. But you know, hey, you can't dispute it. But yeah. like you said, like they've actually been talking trash since the old Crash Bandicoot commercials. Remember those? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Out- outside, outside with the <laughs> megaphone. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's just what they do. Um, but let's move on. Works mm. Let's uh, let's talk about GameStop. No, oh, let's go the complete other direction. From yeah. Things that make me happy to things that make me sad. Okay. <laughs> if anybody didn't know, I used to work for GameStop, you know, a thousand years ago. Not really that long, but uh, yeah, I worked there for too long, and um, GameStop just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. well, so let's you, talk about what GameStop is doing now. Do you want to take the lead on this? Since oh, you know. let's 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 talk about it. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, anybody who's you know been to GameStop knows GameStop knows that GameStop is a general you know video game retailer. That's all they do, um, and they sell used games. Um, they have always, since forever, been and especially now more so with the rise of digital gaming or you know digital downloads, uh, digital distribution, have been looking for ways to keep themselves relevant because they see themselves as eventually going to lose out to digital distribution more than anything else. They're not necessarily as afraid of Walmart or Best Buy um, or any of those guys because they've always had the used market as far as you know video games go. But now digital distribution is something they can't really fight because of how it's good. It's effective. It helps publishers, helps developers. You know, it's it's good all around for the game industry, and they see themselves quickly becoming irrelevant if that takes hold. So what they did is they went out and bought a uh, a digital distribution site. Um, it goes by the name of Impulse. I don't. I've honestly before this came about, I never heard of it. I, had you heard of it? Uh, no, never heard of it before. Okay. Well, apparently it's the like the second leading digital distributor distributor next to Steam. Uh, it's a pretty far second place considering I've never heard of it in my life, but that, <laughs> there too, there goes GameStop because they bought Congregate, which actually I did hear about before, but I never you know, visited, used, or anything of that nature. Um, they, they tend to, this is what they tend to do. They want to keep themselves relevant. They, they don't want to go like the full way of going, staying relevant, so they kind of buy like that second rate guy, you know, that'll like, so they can say like, hey, we're doing stuff, look. <laughs> Um, but basically, there uh, Tony Bartel uh, from GameStop was basically detailing 
just the fact that you know they bought Impulse and the, what their strategy is as far as digital goes, um, it's I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of half uh, halfway basically, but that's that's kind of how it feels anytime GameStop does something like this. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, you, when you talk about digital distribution, you're obviously talking about PC at this point at least. Yeah. Obviously talking about PC. If you are a PC gamer and you don't know what Steam is, you're not a PC gamer. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. thing is, even if... that's you... how you do your gaming. Exactly. Really, <laughs> walking into GameStop to buy your PC game, you're kind of doing it wrong because GameStop doesn't give a crap about PC gamers anyway. Like, they haven't for a long time. And let's say, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're a new PC gamer. However that happens. Okay. And um, you go in the GameStop, you get their impulse service, blah blah blah. You will soon learn about Steam. Like, you, like that's that's just the way it is. Like, Steam is can't avoid it. <laughs> it's such an integral part of the the PC gaming ecosystem right now that you can't avoid it. So, my my thing is, why even bother GameStop? I mean, either you either need to you have to go hard or go home. Like. You can't come out with this impulse service and expect to be okay. Like Steam is going to, uh, no pun intended, steamroll you. Yeah, you know, pretty much. I mean, this is one of those situations where you have to come out better. You you have to come out better than the competition. You got to come out with better features, better games, you know, and a better. <laughs> I, I don't even, but just better everything. And it's difficult because it's not like Steam. It's not like Steam is like the Big Bad Wolf, or say Valve is the Big Bad Wolf. They're a very community oriented and centric, you know, very. So they have a lot of people behind them. Like, who are you going to get to buy the to to you know, you know, buy from you? And who in their right mind is going to make their game a impulse exclusive when there's Steam? It, yeah, nobody. Yeah, you're you're literally setting yourself up to be second place and not even really second place at that. Much like the comparison between the DS and the PSP, you're second place, but you're so far behind. The gap is so big that you're not even really second place. You're last place. You're the first loser. Like that's all that you are, and that's all that GameStop is setting himself up to be. In fact, when asked why they would purchase a company that pales in comparison to Steam, they said. Of course, you can't just walk into the digital space without tripping over Steam. We have talked to 500 companies in the past 16 months to look at them as potential acquisition candidates. The reason we went with this tech is that we really felt it was easier for us to buy technology in which we could integrate from the foundation level our Power Up Rewards program. That statement right there, if nobody knows what the Power Up Rewards program is, um, it's basically GameStop subscription program where you get Game Informer for a year and you get 10% off used games. It's all to make you buy more used games for $15. It's not technically a bad deal if you buy used games, but that's beside the point because that shows you where GameStop's head is at. Their, ga- their head isn't in, we're actually really trying to like make a push to sell digital, you know, sell digital and make you want to purchase digital games we're not trying to stay relevant in that fashion we're going to half do it and try and drag you into the store by giving you the card and all the stuff that that goes along with and just have more advertising out there they're not actually looking to compete in the digital space that's at least to me that's what that statement says or and this whole move that's what it says to me but you know i could be wrong maybe they have wholehearted intentions of competing with steam but i think that's a lie because that would 
effectively render the 3,000 something stores that they have all over the place irrelevant if they're really going to do that. And I don't see that happening. That's yeah, stupid. Uh, I don't see. <laughs> I don't see any wholehearted intentions there. Like, yeah. I really, they're, they're not going to try to compete with Steam. I think they probably view it as like a waste of money. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they were like, sure. we had the money to throw at it, so we'll buy these guys and see what happens. Yeah. So, well, good luck with that GameStop. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, there was some backlash from that. In fact. Yes. Want to talk about that. Or? Oh yeah, let's talk about the the indie dev who pulled his game from Impulse. This guy has a has heard of Impulse um, from uh, Blind Stein, uh, Blind Mind Studios. <laughs> he um he had a uh, indie games. Uh, he had a yeah he, he had a strategy game or an indie game on the service uh, called Star, Star Ruler. Um, pulled it off of the service after the GameStop acquisition. Um, he says that he pulled the he pulled the game from Impulse due to GameStop. Oh, dude, God, I can't talk today, man. Oh man, <laughs> you want me to take it? You want me to tell the quote? No, nah, I got it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna make it through this. I got it. <laughs> but uh, he did. Um, he pulled the game due to GameStop's long negative behavior toward the PC platform and independent games, and he is absolutely correct. You know, go on GameStop and find the PC games. It looks like you know Skid Row. Over there, yeah, it's it's not pretty. I mean, it, it's if it has a place in a store, and it doesn't always. For one thing, um, it it's got a very small place. It, there's no store that I've ever seen a GameStop, and this is me having worked there almost ten years um, beforehand. Uh, ever seen seen a store that has a section of PC games that is anywhere near what you would get out of a out of Nintendo or Wii, even if you're looking at like a PSP section, PC doesn't even get that much attention in a GameStop store. And that tells you a lot, basically. Um, it, they don't care. And it basically, he's right. He basically said there's a large list of things we detest about GameStop, so we're not going to support it by keeping our game up on the site. Guess where he's probably going to go with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, he he has every right to do it, you know, because he's a game developer, of course. But uh, he has other options, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have never even heard of Impulse before. This happened. I could this. I can name Steam. I could name Gamersgate. I can name Direct to Drive. Even EA has their own online store. But Impulse, like, what is that? Like, who? yeah, like Direct to Drive. You know, get old games. Even though that doesn't technically count, but it it is still digital distribution, even if it focuses on older titles. Um, yeah, I, I've heard of other things, but uh, Impulse is like, I what? What is that? Like, they bought something? Okay. Like, I thought it was another. You know, another. Uh, retailer line like they did when they bought stuff out of France. I was like, oh. But then it was like, oh, a digital distribution. It's like, well, that's going to go real well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like I said earlier, good luck with that GameStop. You definitely don't have to wait for me to, you know, come to that store. Probably won't be there. I'm quite happy with Steam. So, but uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Rockstar and Max Payne 3. Um, I think there was a little bit... Not, I'm not going to say it was backlash, but uh, there were a lot of question marks in the air when um, Take-Two didn't talk about Max Payne 3 at their uh, financial report, which I think happened in February. 
but there were a lot of question marks in here because they didn't even mention it. So I say over the last two months, there's been more information about Max Payne three than you know have been in a long yeah, time. Since, yeah, since they unveiled it. In fact, probably more than that because really all they showed when they unveiled it was like, hey, he's old and fat and wearing a wife beater, and he's in Brazil. That was pretty much what they showed in some pictures. That's, yeah. That's about all I had seen from it. So I mean, they've they've shown off more now than they have, yeah, in the past year. <laughs> yeah. So because so like since then, they have released more screenshots, which actually do show him not fat and with hair. Yeah, they changed some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but I do think it still takes place in Brazil. Like I don't know if there's going to be some flashbacks or whatever. Maybe. Um, but basically, Rockstar has promised to make a sophisticated Max Payne three because what you saw from the original screenshots, it looked like it was going to be a third person shoot 'em up. You know, you had Max Payne in a wife beater, beard, bald head, all dirty, and then you just had like Brazilian thugs running around. Yeah, it you looked know? like some other game that wasn't Max Payne. I mean, like, I I see the, you know, the idea of him getting, you know, looking the way he looked when they first showed him off. You know, somebody who went through what he did is not going to be, like, you know, some super, you know, fit, you know, totally, you know, fantastic-looking, tanned, metrosexual man. Like, he's not going to look like that because he's Max Payne. So, like, I wasn't so much upset with the look. It wasn't like when they showed off, you know... The infamous two, and it was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but at the same time, like everything else about the game looked generic. It, it, there was nothing special going on in it. I mean, Rockstar usually delivers on games. I mean, what's the last game that was really like a huge disappointment out of them? Like maybe Grand Theft Auto Four to some people, but in, even then, that was a, still a big success. Yeah, it was a um, huge success. But I am one of those people that didn't like that game. But we're not going to talk about that now, right? But I mean, they usually deliver on you know, uh, on their games, you know, they, they at least put effort into their games, even as bad as Grand Theft Auto 4 was, maybe from a story standpoint, it was still an incredibly deep game, it still had a lot going on, it was still, you know, a, you know, a good, I guess, next generation game, as far as graphics and all that kind of thing were concerned, Right. Eh, you know, here or there, <laughs> give or take, you know, opinions, but, um, it, and then you look at Red Dead, you know things of that nature. It's like they 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 usually they tend to deliver. So I I think that Max Payne will be okay. I you know I'm not gonna write it off. I while I was unhappy with what I saw, still not really happy from what I've been seeing. I would still buy it if it was out tomorrow because Rockstar hasn't really let me down. Right. You know uh, their reputation you, is good enough that you would yeah. still take it at face value. I mean it's. I, I have problems with it too because I was one of those people that liked Max Payne a lot and it was, you know, gritty noir style. Putting it in Brazil the way it is, I mean, like, I see the potential and if they do pull it off, it would be awesome. Um, you know, as far as still pulling off that, that noir style, but, you know, not in New York City. I mean, because in a way, when you put it in New York City the way they did with the other games, like, it becomes cliche, but it becomes, then you put it in Brazil and you're like, that's pretty you know, as as cliched as New York is, like, at least you know you're going to get a noir, crime, you know, drama, you know, dramatic type of game out of it. In Brazil, you're like, it's a little too colorful and happy <laughs> in a way. So if they can pull it off, cool. But I, I have some concerns about that, too. But I think that if they approach it differently, they actually could come up with something that's, again, something that's, you know, one of those masterpieces like Red Dead. You know? Yeah. 
We'll see. I mean, I know Rob Nelson. He's the art director. Or Nelson, sorry. He's the Rob. He's the um, art director. Uh, he said that both the games and the audiences have become more sophisticated since the last Max Payne, and uh, gamers expect a more fully realized cinematic experience, even if the same, you know, the mechanic is still shooting. And he said, even though you know Max Payne is a more linear game for them, as opposed to GTA and uh, Red Dead, they still want people to be constantly surprised and entertained in new ways. So, at least Max Payne will still be linear. You know, if they would do like open world Max Payne, that really wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah. It is very story driven, so that's yeah. good news. That is very good news, and it is still he, he says a fully realized cinematic experience, which is that's what Max Payne was, you know. Um, Max Payne was one of the first games to have a very minimal HUD, and they didn't even point it out. Yeah, You know, true. like, it had a very minimal HUD, and that really helps you, that, that drew you into it. So, I have faith, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I, I think, and the things that he does talk about, you know, like the the Euphoria engine, and how they're trying to make, you know, the force of bullets feel more real, and it, just those things that he talks about in the course of the game. Like, of course, he's the art director, he's going to be thinking about these things, but at least the fact that they're mentioning it, it gives me a good feeling about it. I, I'm not going to say, like, oh, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be another Red Dead, I'm not going to say it's going to be crap either, but I at least have faith, just based on Rockstar's track record, that it'll be, that they'll they'll pull it out, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll do it. So you know, we're we're watching you, Rockstar. We just did the thing where we point I pointed our eyes and point back at you. But you yeah, see that because we're on a podcast. Yeah, but just to, just imagine it. They felt it. They felt think it. About it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, new Unreal Engine. No, not new Unreal Engine. Upgraded Unreal Engine. There you go. And I'm gonna let you go first, Rob. I know you liked it. So go ahead. I did like it. It was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's really all I could say about it. Really, you just need to watch the video yourself because me sitting here talking about how the video looked over time is... It's kind of a waste. It doesn't really, it doesn't really give you anything. Um, they, they basically highlighted new features of it. Um, and from a developer standpoint, as far as uh, things that they mentioned, like, you know, they have, like, upgraded... Uh, you know, searching and things like that from when you're actually developing games and being able to use it. Like, things that are, are nice from a developer standpoint. Um, but then, they, you know, other things like, as far as, like, enhanced bloom and lighting effects and, uh, like, other things that they showed off. Um, they're, uh, basically, the graphic, like, basically, it was just a nice upgrade. It's it's very pretty. It's It's... it's it blew his mind so much he can't even talk. He's like, exactly. It's it, it, it pretty. It's so pretty. What? It's pretty. <laughs> I want to touch it. From that standpoint, I mean, like, uh, like I said, it, it's just really pretty. I'm not going to waste time really trying to describe it. It was pretty because I'm just going to go uh, 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 some more. Uh, but... Uh, from the standpoint of it being pretty, outside of that, the fact that it was pretty and the the way that it looked, considering the fact that so many games use the Unreal Engine, it was 
I had a nice feeling looking at it because it's like, well, at least they're progressing it since so many people use it. It's nice to see that it's getting an upgrade so that we'll see more out of new games that come out, um, you know, other than what we've already seen. I would like to see some people just not use the Unreal Engine so much, but, you know, that's not that's not going to happen. So, yeah, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> um, I didn't have the same exact uh, feelings like Rob did. Like, I didn't have, you know, Rob obviously had the the little girl at the Justin Bieber concert feeling. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> okay. That's why good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to hate. It looks good. It definitely looks good. Basically, I guess if, to give you a brief description, because you know, the, the link's going to be in the show notes so you can watch it. Imagine something that was CG like... um. Uh, let's say like Final Fantasy Spirits Within. It looks a little bit below that, but playable, which is still impressive. Okay, like it looks, it looks, it's very impressive looking. The lighting effects, the reflections, the weather effects, all this happening in real time, not pre-rendered. It looks good. My concern is for consoles. Like the consoles are already at their limit, and. This demo that they ran was ran on 350... It was a 3 NVIDIA um, 580s, I believe, when they ran the demo. And that was on PC. The consoles, no. That, that, no, that's... They're not... No. Nowhere near it. would implode <laughs> and create a space-time continuum distortion that would destroy all life around it if they yes. tried to run it. If they even tried. <laughs> so In for... fact, they probably did, and then they were like, let's not do that because we would like to live on this planet, and then they put it on PC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I mean, I, but I believe, um, you know, they showed that on PC. On consoles, I do believe it's going to be dumbed down a bit. Uh, and then on top of that, I really don't see anything running over 30 frames per second. I mean, there's games right now that have trouble, that have the Unreal Engine and have trouble run, keeping a steady frame rate, you know, at 30 frames per second. Like, um, I guess a good example would be Enslaved. Beautiful game. Very beautiful game. One of the best-looking games that I've played on the 360. So, so good-looking, in fact, that it made me trade in Halo Reach <laughs> because I played enslaved one week. I had a week off of work and I was like, I'm going to catch up on my game. So I played enslaved, beat it. And then the very next game I put on was Halo Reach. I'm like, this game looks like trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'll take this into my bathroom. You know, it was, it was no, like, <laughs> that, but the Halo Reach it's looked true though. It did. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that great looking. Halo yeah. Was the one to push the envelope on graphics and stuff. So, but, um, enslaved looked great, but at some points of the game, like, the whole game didn't run at 60 frames, don't get me wrong. Um, it ran at 30, I believe. But there were definitely drops in frame rate because of how how massive or, or epic that game was in terms of looks. Yeah, Reach it being like they, giving you that whole planet and the, the scope of the battles and stuff like that. Yeah, they were slowed down. Yeah, so, you know, we... Uh, uh, I can't see any games being played at a steady 30 frames on this. Um, I do, and on top of that, I think it's gonna be done down for consoles. So you know, not a hating. It, it looks good, but I, we'll just we'll we'll see what happens. All right. I uh, think it's fair. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's fair. That's cool. But it's cool. I, I I was a little more you know static, but you got the the realistic 
down to earth approach on that. So it's good. Yeah, that's that's always me. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a Debbie Downer. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's move on. This one's going to be a quick note. Uh, Mass Effect movie deal. Um, the way that news came out, it came out to make it seem like, oh, Mass Effect on the big screen in the movies. No, it's going to be anime. <laughs> Which um, it's going to be bad, but the news definitely came across the yeah. wrong way. It yeah. definitely came across as if it was going to be a massive motion picture deal, and you're going to see Mark Wahlberg as Commander Shepard, since apparently he gets all the video <laughs> game roles and, and things of that nature. But it, it really wasn't. It's not. It's not like that. It's you know Funimation, I think. Yeah, Funimation. Yeah, Funimation. Um, they gets the is getting the rights to an anime movie. Um, and honestly, at least the way that it looks, it probably doesn't even look like it's actually going to deal with the main story of Mass Effect because um, they were talking about exciting new chapters in Mass Effect, which always means like we're going to talk about something else in the universe but still make it cool. Right. Yeah, I think um, I'm actually... When I found out that it wasn't a real movie, then I got excited. Or it wasn't a, I should say, a, um, a, a live picture. action. Yeah, motion picture. Same. Well, the same. I, I got excited. I'm like, when I said Mass Effect movie, I'm like, oh, they're like, it's an anime. I'm like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> you know, the reverse of the guy sitting on the couch. You know, like you just look sad at first, and then like you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like it's um reason being is because live action movies, um, in terms for video games, suck. They suck. Nobody's doing them well. These big name directors don't know what to do. You know, Steven Spielberg wants to do his own thing. Michael Bay wants to blow everything up. You know, it's and they're it's, all picking the wrong movies to do those things for the you know, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um when I heard it was anime, I'm like, Thank you. Thank you. That that will do just fine for me. Um, the only movie that they they had a good you know potential to do okay Uncharted they screwed up by not casting Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake so that movie was over as soon as that happened <laughs> yeah that and plus their family of uh, treasure hunters yeah I mean that like also killed that movie <laughs> <laughs> family <laughs> so, you know, they the can't guy. do anything right I mean <laughs> if anybody remembers what was the last well they had Max Payne and stuff like that but um. Street Fighter the movie, anybody? Eh? Eh? I thought that was a comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was, but I don't think it was necessarily intentional. <laughs> <laughs> and anything was... Bull makes. Oh, uh, yeah. dude. I'm just yeah. thinking back to our, uh, well, I think it was MASHCAST number two when we talked about the um, uh, Uncharted movie. You know, he says Mass Effect is really a family game. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that Mass Effect, yeah, sorry, yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted is really a family game. Like, what? Like, yeah, that's like a, a family dispensing justice. It's like, did you even read the back of the box for the game? <laughs> because then you'd know different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of things wrong with, uh, well, with Hollywood, really, when it comes to videos. Good times, good times. Yeah. Right, let's let's move on. Indeed. Chuckle, chuckle. Um, Battlefield Three console downgrades. Um, while I'm talking about this, I'm actually raising my PC flag. So if you hear something in the background, just ignore that. He's <laughs> actually standing outside in the wind and the rain, the the lightning beating against the background as he raises the flag one pull at a time. That's all that noise. Yes, yes. Um, basically, Dice, um, I should say, executive producer Patrick Bach 
from Dice had an interview with the video gamer. And he was talking about Battlefield 3 on the consoles, because a lot of people, you know, they were like, well, what's it going to look like? That game looks amazing. And I'm really glad he's setting expectations now. <laughs> you know, he's setting yeah, expectations now. Yeah, and he's setting them pretty low, unfortunately. I'm glad I got a PC again. <laughs> yeah, and he just said, you know, while the game will still look good on console, there will be noticeable downgrades on the 360 and PS3 version. Noticeable. He did not say, oh, we're just going to tweak it a little bit. It won't look that bad. Noticeable downgrades. Yeah, it is being optimized for PCs, so throw any hopes that you or me or anybody else had out the window of it being okay on console. It'll be okay, but you're not going to get an experience that's going to be a whole heck of a lot different than what you got from, say, Bad Company 2. It's going to look better. It's going to you know, have more of a Battlefield feel to it. But it's not going to be Battlefield. It's not going to be the same game that gets released on PC. It really isn't. Yeah. So, sorry guys. And what? Let's see. Let's talk about the differences. In fact, uh, what did they say? They they have to axe higher resolution, higher frame rate, anti aliasing, motion blur, stuff like that. Which means the list goes on. Yeah. Crush anybody's dream is too much in one go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not one interview, he didn't want to crush too many people's dreams. So not only will you not get to see the glory at 60 frames per second, hopefully you'll be able to get it at 30 frames constant. And um, maybe at a resolution, it's kind of okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would say 30 frames per second constant on 720p, I would say. 720p. This is me just guessing right now. Yeah, and so, if you get, if you, hey, there you go. There's PS3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kick, you kick that up to, you know, you kick that up to uh, 1080 or uh, 1080p, 24 frames, maybe you know, maybe lower at some points. Like you know, especially be, when you've got you know, bazookas blowing up buildings and buildings falling over, like we yeah. saw in the awesome Battlefield 3 video. Yeah. It's not going to, yeah, you're going to have frame drops from certain things happening. And that new trailer made me like, made me like, my draw, my jaw was like just dropped when I watched it. I'm like, now I want it. And like, they showed the part where it looks like a nuke blows up underground. So the ground is like all cracking up and all the buildings start dropping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not going to be able to see that at 1080p, you guys. Jump on the, <laughs> he jumps on the back of a, of a Humvee and, and gets on the, on the, on the, God, I want to say Gatling gun, but that's not what it is. Um, about a thirty millimeter. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know he's shooting, and in the trailer, like the the Humvee jumps because then the ground just cracks underneath it, like an earthquake or or like you said, like a bomb or a nuke or something is going off underground, and uh, like then other parts of it cut to like whole buildings falling over, like in the you know not even in the background, like not even in the distance, but like fairly close to you. You're taking cover behind cars and stuff so you don't get completely, you know, jacked up by all the rubble and stuff that's falling. Um, it's it's pretty intense. Not to mention the, the, the glimpses of Battlefield Glory where they show the fighter jets chasing yeah. each other and oh even through the clouds. I'm like, oh my God Oh my God That's what I did at work today when I saw that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, so like, like you know, Rob had his Justin Bieber moment with the Unreal Engine. I had mine with Battlefield today. See, I go. was exhausted after. I was I was excited by the trailer, but not as much as Jared. I mean, I, I was like, oh, okay, it's a lot of stuff I saw from the first trailer, and then the very end of the video was like all the awesome stuff that I hadn't seen before, and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, so Jared had pom poms out, and he was doing cheers and stuff during that video. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Because I, the system that I just built will definitely, I'm, I'm pretty positive, play that game at at least sixty frames per second. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, but you console gamers out there. Sorry, guys. No I like 60. how he says you console gamer. See, I'm still... I don't consider myself to just be a console gamer or just be a PC gamer. Rob's like, I'm... You hear, I'm that. <laughs> you hear that coming out of Jared. So Rob's like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> Where's the love, man? Yeah. I'm right on the podcast. No, I, Let's not I, talk too much crap about us. Yeah, I've actually had a couple conversations with some people who did not believe that ba- that that Battlefield was going to be downgraded for the console. I'm like, dude, there's no way that Battlefield's going to look that good on the console. See, I, I, I mean, I like my console still, but I'm not delusional. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, it's all good. You guys, you know, since we're friends and all, you can come play mine. See? I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's move on. He's not really going to let you play. He's going to be too busy with Battlefield 3. So yeah, this is, this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just giving you hope. Don't, don't come over. Don't knock. You know, that whole first week, don't knock. I'm like going to have like a robe on and growing a beard and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Eating nothing but like ramen noodles and like Twinkies. He's just gonna have like the the pot, like the you know the little hot hot plate next to him, so he can boil his ramen noodles and not have to leave. Yeah, yeah. big big bucket of like you know cheese balls. Have <laughs> you a know. little mini fridge right next to him. You know, regularly call up a friend, call a girlfriend, have her bringing him some you know some drinks, <laughs> put him yeah. in the fridge, so he doesn't have to go anywhere. That's yeah, yeah. I gonna need more hot pockets, <laughs> babe, babe. You know, uh, life with Jarrett when games come out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about and we all this on this topic. Me and Rob had different reactions. What Valve did today when they opened up the Glados site at the end of the um, the ARG game or the alternate reality game um, that's been going on this week with the Potato Sack and. Uh, the potato, the potato sack event with the indie games and um, you know yeah, Portal the, Two coming the, out. The potato sack bundle that they have out. There's something like the there's a, it's a bundle of what, what 13? 13 indie games or is it eleven? I don't remember. Thirteen. Oh, got it right now. Thirteen. Um, that were seventy five percent off. All great indie games. Um, uh, quite a few from you know Dejaban um, games. That, a lot of other guys that are on there. Uh, Audio Surf things that you know, like all those games. Um, very you know high quality indie games that you know were make a strong showing on Steam. Ah, wow, I, I can't talk now. A strong showing on Steam. Um, seventy five percent off. It was only like thirty three bucks for the entire pack of games. Um, but unfortunately, um, some people were under the impression today because they, the alternate reality game had a timer going. Um, as of this morning, uh, I think about 8 a.m., it had an hour left on it. 
people unfortunately were under the impression that, that when that hour was up because people had done well with the alternate reality game, finding clues and things, that uh, basically that it would be released at the end of that hour when it counted down at 9 o'clock. That's what people were under the impression that Portal 2 would get released that early. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And Jared, you can take it from here because you were one of the people who were devastated by this. Not devastated because I have a job. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to play it anyway at that time. <laughs> but um, not devastated. I just don't like the way that it was handled. Like, basically, um, you kind of did get the feel that, at least for Steam users, you get it early if, if we did good in, the, in, in those games. You know what I'm saying? The the augmented reality games. Right. Okay. Um, you were expecting some type of prize at this point, at this countdown. But you got no prize. Basically, what you got to prompt is, hey, play these games. You know, like, play, play these games or buy these games. And then we'll unlock Portal 2 early. If enough people are playing them, slash basically buying them, because in order to play them, you would have to own them already. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, I I already own most of those games. I own seven out of the thirteen. I'm not gonna buy the potato sack just to get the other games because you know they come at a discount. So I'm not just gonna buy the, just to get the other games. I'm not gonna you know buy the potato sack, and I I really I'm, I would be forced to give away the other copies. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why would I do that? So I just didn't like the way that Valve handled it. In my opinion, I think they shouldn't have hid this whole thing. What they should have done is when the potato sack started, or the potato sack promotion started, they should have been like, look, bang, here's this site. If you guys play this much, or, you know, if, if we can get these many people playing, we will open up Portal 2. That should have happened. Not this, um, you know, oh, now that we're at the end of the countdown, now you got four days to get these games and play it. Like, that's a little, that's a little, like, disappointing, you know? And, I mean, I sound a little angry. I'm not as angry as I sound. <laughs> just, He's a little bit angry, though. <laughs> I'm not, like, some of the people who, like, some of the people who were backlashing at Valve, like, oh, Valve is now evil, like, Activision. I'm like, whoa, whoa, chill back yeah, there. Was, Don't, no, let's let's not use the A word here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it know. is a bad word, it is. It's a bad word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, this I mean, is... Oh. company you don't call somebody Activision you don't do that exactly you know this is this is nowhere near what Activision has done um god in the past year <laughs> yes, yes in the past year they you killed know, Bizarre the... killed Guitar Hero they're on the way to messing up Call of Duty uh, yeah you that's a it's a stretch to say that yeah we're out of Activision definitely definitely a huge stretch um so yeah, but I'm not one of those people. I'm just like really Valve, really, and I'll he roll over. It rope a dope. He was yeah, a upset. <laughs> yeah, he was a rope a dope. <laughs> <laughs> they did pull a rope a dope, but you know what? I'm gonna go to sleep tonight, and I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, and I'm gonna be great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Other people are gonna wake up and they're gonna be angry still because yeah, they're like, and they're gonna go find more forums to flame on. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I was just a little disappointed. I mean, it would have been great if I could have came home and played Portal 2. I mean, there's a possibility we wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. Oh, yeah, no, we wouldn't. 
but uh, is he? Yeah, yeah, going on, and this and that would have just completely overshadowed anything else that was happening. Oh so yeah, we definitely. Not been able to do this for you guys. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Got our priorities in order. Here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's all. That's all. I was just a, I was just a little upset. I wish it would have handled it a little differently. But you know, it, one thing it is good. It is great that they are focusing on the indie games, on the indie devs. That's awesome. I just think that instead of doing this whole augmented reality game and then on Friday night, boom, doing this, they should have launched that from the beginning. You know, that's just what I I, I was less surprised. Not so much that, I mean, yes, they could have done it better. I mean, yes, obviously they could have done it better. Um, but I, if that's the thing with alternate reality games, to have like everything, you know, having that real world, you know, uh, engagement where you got to go find clues and things like that, it's it's a PR tactic. It, it basically is just a way to get people more involved and notice the game more when you have it taking over um, indie dev sites and you know Glados is taking over and all the the cool little like you know, things that are in the actual games that have a lot of portal references, like odd, ah, a disregard for gra- a reckless disregard for gravity had like companion cubes as the buildings, like that you were falling past in that game. Like, it, you know, it, it was the cool things that they were doing. They could have handled it better as far as like, maybe not having a countdown, but just, you know, as soon as the, the challenges were done, just showing off like, Hey, this is what you need to do now. Um, make it another challenge instead of like, here's a countdown to this. And the time frame, I, we talked about this before the podcast, the time frame was kind of screwed up too. If they had done it at the, begin- the beginning of this week, it probably would have gone over a lot better. But considering it's Friday, the game is supposed to come out on Tuesday. How early are you really going to get them to release it? Like maybe Monday? That's yeah, you know, that's, it's not yeah. really enough. I mean, so from that that standpoint, I understand why people are upset. Um, I just wasn't as surprised, I guess, by it. I really didn't see how they were going to unleash Portal Two on the world at like nine o'clock this morning. I I just didn't like that. Would have it wouldn't have necessarily made a whole lot of sense from a marketing standpoint. Um, it would have been cool, yes, but yeah, you know, everybody wants those big day one sales. It's cool that they're doing it at all to you know, even give the possibility of the game coming out sooner um, because that's, you know, something that's not all that normal for a developer to do or a publisher to do is to, you know, mess up that, you know, like, oh, we had a million, you know, a million launch, you know, a million units sold on day one and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, I Basically, I, I really, I like the, I, the the fact that it was, you know, the engaging alternate reality game that went the route of, Hey, at the end of this, we're gonna put a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of attention on the indie devs, but otherwise, didn't really surprise me. So, yeah. could have been. Guess, yeah, like <laughs> I said, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna be fine. The rest of you guys, you know, peace be with you. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's move on. Um, let's talk about. And this is gonna be our final topic for today. New Nintendo console. Um. Yeah, new Nintendo console, and this time they're not going to lag behind. Apparently, they're trying to get back into the actual graphics game, you know. Um, An HD console, say it ain't so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, From what we know, from what I've heard, you know, because rumors are all over the place. Yeah. So, from what I've heard, it'll be be backward compatible with Wii games, significantly more powerful than the PS3 and Xbox 360. I can totally believe that. 
because we've talked it's about it before. Hard. It is yeah. not that hard to do. At this point, you know, <laughs> yeah. even, if, even if they went with what's currently high-tech in PCs, it still blows the you know blows the doors off of you know three sixteen PS three. We've we've talked about that a whole bunch. Every time we talk about PC, we talk about that. So yeah, exactly. It's not a surprise, but at the same time, really, when you talk about five years down the line, ten years down the line, it's not that impressive. But anyway, you know, at least they're going HD. Hey. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they're going HD. I've also heard that there's going to be a high definition screen in the controller itself. What that's going to do for us? Not necessarily sure. If it has a t- if it's a touchscreen, lots of opportunities there. Yeah, and, and Nintendo is good at doing crazy things that people didn't necessarily think about doing with consoles and making it interesting. You know, they turned motion gaming into a thing, and that really wasn't all that awesome. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. To it as far as games go, but uh, they turned it into a phenomena. So, touchscreen so, controllers. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I. I'm not going to necessarily say I'm excited. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do. But here's the thing. They could come out with the, with the greatest looking console of all time. Which they might actually do. Um, doesn't mean anything without third party support. Uh, Nintendo, everybody knows Nintendo's very heavy on the first party support. Almost every first party game they put out is phenomenal. You know, and that's just Nintendo. Um... But with this Wii, with the Wii, and uh, even with the DS, they've lost a lot of third-party support. You know, yeah, it's because it's especially with the Wii. I mean, DS, like you know, they still have developers out there, but it's it's not as much as it was because now it's lagged so far behind. Um, you know, it, it's it's got its market; it's a huge market, but it's not doing anything new. So it becomes kind of difficult to say we're going to push the envelope with this DS game. Yeah, they... they in, in order to win, they need, you know, once again, third-party support, and in my opinion, they need to pull away from motion gaming as the core. Yeah, it can't be the core. I mean, like, obviously, there is a market for it, but it should not be the backbone. Of, I mean, at the time, like, I guess, you know, not necessarily that it made sense, but it was definitely a different tack, and like I've said, they, they, they're they good with, the you know, taking a different approach, and it worked for them. They sold a ton of units because it was new to people, but at the same time, like, you're not going to hold a, not even a hardcore gaming audience's attention, but just a gaming audience's attention. Not everybody wants to sit around and do motion gaming all the time. It's, it's just a natural thing. If there's a place for it, yes, because, I mean... Sony, they've shipped what eight million uh, Move like controllers so far. Connect yeah. uh, has sold six million or something along those lines. Um, the, you know, obviously there's a market for it. We sold I don't even know how many over the last since it came out. <laughs> um, it, there's a market, but yeah, it, it cannot be your main focus. Not especially not going forward. It, the, it, in fact, motion gaming I really think is kind of played out. A little yeah. Bit. It's got places, but it's not it's not a backbone. Yeah. I mean that's all I really have to say about that. Like, you know, there's not enough information out right now. It's supposed to be out in twenty twelve. We're gonna go learn more about it at E three. Um, but other than that, like they need the third party support. They need to move away from mo- not move away, but as the core component needs to move need to move away from uh, motion gaming. And um yeah, I mean if they they if they come out the box really strong against the 360 and the PS3, that would be super. And if their strategy is still going to be to release consoles every four to five years, 
they can actually come out on top because I can guarantee you that the next the PS4 and the Xbox whatever is going to be another 10 year period. Okay. Yeah, at least definitely the Sony console because they see longevity as the, you know, the watchword, you know, they still make advancements, they still put out other things like they do, you know, make advancements but they don't try and push another console on people as quickly as, you know, well, basically everybody used to. Yeah. <laughs> um as long as Nintendo can stay competitively priced, I I, I buy into that too. I, I would agree. Yeah. Because the thing if is, they, like, if they if it comes out too high up a price point, it's not going to really work out for them. I don't think. Yeah, because like if they come out with something now that blows away the PS3 and the 360, that's great. But then the PS3 or the PS4 and the next Microsoft console, they're going to have better graphics than this. But if right. two years after they come out with that, Nintendo releases like bam. New new HD console. That's what true. you gonna do? Yeah, nothing. That's true. You're and if it comes out that nothing. close to each other, the prices are still gonna be pretty close, probably. So. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Nintendo, this might be their long term strategy. If not, you know, Nintendo, you can hire me for obscene amount of money to lead you through this. <laughs> <laughs> it prints <some> money. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So I mean, I, I am curious, not excited yet. Just curious. Curious. I, I can't really be. Uh, it, fan, Nintendo likes to like beat up their fanboys, kind of. I mean, it, it, they do that. <laughs> People love Nintendo. I mean, I have a lot of fond childhood memories of Nintendo, but Nintendo doesn't do real good about like you know really capitalizing on your nostalgia. They tend to, they tend to just kind of kick you in the dirt a little bit. So I'm intrigued, but I'm really I can't say I'm excited. I mean my Wii collects dust. I haven't touched a Wii in like a year. So I can't be excited not until I see something concrete. Yeah. Oh, we'll see though. Um but yeah, that's that was the last story we had. I guess in the next two weeks, what's what is there to look out for? You got um Portal 2. Portal 2. <laughs> Portal Mortal 2. Kombat. Mortal Kombat, which I wasn't excited. But actually, I'm still not excited, but I've been watching more videos recently, so now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it, you know? I got to play the early demo on PlayStation Plus, and I did like the game. I'm, I'm also in that camp of, like, I'm not exactly excited about it, but, like, I, Mortal Kombat has been so weird. Like, they're definitely going back to the basis of what made Mortal Kombat what it is, which is nice. Um... I don't really see myself like playing that game online or anything, though. I see that as I'm going to sit in a room with my friends and play it. That's where I'm going to get my fun out of it. It's not like playing you know, Marvel vs. Capcom or Super Street Fighter 4 where you're, you're playing it online against people or, and, and that's where you get most of your jollies from. Mortal Kombat's different. I don't want to play against people online. I don't care. <laughs> I want to. I want to rub it in my in my friend's face when I, you know, slice them in half and you know, pull their spine out. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that's you know, that's that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. So there was Mortal Kombat, and then before the next Smashcast, I also believe that Spore will be out. So that'll be cool. Dark Spore, yes. So and extra beat we if you're into that whole thing. Oh, oh, oh snap! Oh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that's gonna be it. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, please definitely check out the site matchlessbuttons dot com. Uh, tell us what you think uh, about the Mashcast. Uh, love it, hate it, whatever. Just give us a comment. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, twitter dot com slash mtb site. 
Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mash those buttons. You can also find us on SoundCloud, which this may be how you're actually listening to this MASHcast, but it's uh, SoundCloud slash mash those buttons and the MASHcasts are on there as well. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We are all done here, and we will catch you guys in two weeks. Adios. See ya.